Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Six seconds to go. Comes in the Tucker. Ewing sets a screen. The shot is off. Loose ball. Ewing goes up. The basket counts. A.K.A. Hopalong, Young Hopalong Kesadich, <laughs> A.K.A. the connoisseur of what is now known as Satin Dolls, uh, but was once known as the Bada Bing. <laughs> His name is James Mercy. <laughs> James, how you doing? I'm doing great. How are you, Shwin? I'm good. Uh, how's, uh, you know, have you picked up everybody's vig that they owe you, or how's all that going? <laughs> Works great. Thanks for asking. Before we get started, I do have to make an announcement that the Strickland has a Patreon. You can subscribe to it. There's a number of tiers. There's a $6 tier that gets you access to Pod Strickland every Friday. This pod right here that I do with Prez, even though this is going to be coming out on like a Wednesday. Who cares? Uh, yeah, you get access to this pod every week. Uh, you also get access to the mailbag hosted by Drew Steele. Uh, that also comes out every other week. Uh, excellent, excellent mailbag. Maybe most importantly, you get access to the Strickland Discord where the conversation never stops. It certainly hasn't stopped today for reasons we will discuss as we get into the pod. There's a further tier. There's a $9 tier that gets you access to Strickland Roll, my solo pod, where I rant, yell, and rave about the Knicks even more. You also get access to wonderful weekly articles by Jack Huntley and Matthew Miranda, two of the absolute best in the business. There's further tiers. There's a $15 tier, $30 tier, $50 tier, and $100 tier. Those come with a variety of additional benefits like live watch parties, merchandise discounts, listening in on pod recordings, and even potentially co-hosting a podcast alongside yours truly. Whether you choose to subscribe or not, none of this would be possible without you. So without further ado, let's get started. Okay, actually, you know what? We have to talk about this because this just happened. Did you just see what Rudy Gobert got traded for? Um, I saw it was like four first round pick. I, I I saw it was a boatload of picks and swaps and shit like that. I don't know the details. Uh, so it's it's literally. Hold on, I'm gonna pull this up. Uh, the players don't really matter because it's. But I'll tell you anyway. Malik Beasley, Patrick Beverly, Walker Kessler, who was just drafted, Jared <laughs> Vanderbilt, Leandro Balmaro, once a Nick, always a Nick. Uh, we drafted him 23rd and then traded that pick for one Emmanuel quickly. Who's better? Cry. Uh, and then a 2023 unprotected, 2025 unprotected, 2027 unprotected, and 2029, but they were very good to do this, but it is top five protected in 2029. So they got that going for them. That's for Rudy Gobert. Um, like, I, this is my takeaway from this. I understand, like, because free agency is dead, kind of, that the trade market naturally has inflated values. Um, so you have to, like, pay more, right, than you normally would for what you would think. As good as Rudy Gobert is, I think we all agree, like, you would agree that there's some limitations, obviously, to what he can and can't do when you get into the playoffs, right? 
Oh yeah. I mean, my first reaction is, I don't know, but I guess, like, I guess since Cat refuses to play defense, like maybe that somehow. Yeah, you just get you know, the generational. The- like you're just like, yeah, he's the best interior defender. Let's just we'll see. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you want all our picks? All right, let's try it. Um, but like, no, my, my takeaway from this is. This is why I think it was smart of the Knicks one, like not even once, just just get your work done early, right? Like it would have like the there was an there's logic to it, right? Because if you, look, we we all thought in 2019 when they cleared the space that like you know they cleared the space at the trade deadline, so the assumption was like they had intel, strong intel that. KD and Kyra coming and man, does it suck that we missed out on them considering all the success they've had. Um, but like, obviously that didn't work out. So when they started clearing space again this year, right, they trade out of the draft, right? They got future ones, but they traded out of the draft and they dumped Kemba Walk in the process. And then they trade Alec Brooks and Erlon Noel. You're like, holy shit, like they better land Jalen Brunson. But like, if you look at what that cost them, right, that basically cost them six second round picks to do that, to trade Let's call it about it's about thirty million in expiring contracts, um, and I love that it was all just Detroit. Like Detroit just was like, yeah, that's yeah, fine. We'll just take all of your shitty money. Um, now Perry, what up? <laughs> the connections, Ian Begley. Shout out <laughs> to Scott right. Perry. <laughs> We're doing wonder, this like family. I wonder who his sources are. Um, but like, it, you get your work done early, right? You sign Jalen Brunson. You sign Isaiah Einstein. We'll talk about the Mitch contract. You get Mitch back. I don't think that four sixty million is the actual figure, but we'll see what it ends up at. Um, but like now, you see this Rudy Gobert deal go out, which is to me like I think go. I, I probably think higher of Gobert than a lot of people, but like I wouldn't have ever traded this much for him. Um, but like we know Durant is out there, right? Like God knows what the fuck Durant's going to go for now. But like. If you're the Knicks, right, like, this is the trade market that has been set. It is so inflated. I think you – I don't care what they say publicly. I don't care what the messaging is. I feel pretty confident they would like to move off of Julius Randle if they can. We know that they would like to move off of Evan Fournier if they can for positive value. Now you can kind of just, like, you did – you got the guys that you wanted to get. And I think now you let – see who ends up with nothing in free agency – and now you, they're a little bit more desperate, maybe, to get an Evan Fournier. That doesn't mean you're going to get great value for him, but maybe you you can get you can move that money off your books easier. Maybe there is a team that's like, you know what? We couldn't get the guy we wanted. We saw Julius Randle have an All Star All NBA season last year. We have X Y Z great player, and we think if we put him, we put Julius next to this guy, he won't have to do as much, and he'll look much different. I think like this puts them in a position to wait out the market, if that makes sense. Yeah, I need that to happen. I need some other fan base to have to talk themselves into Julius Randle. And I'm just going <laughs> to like read all their comments and all their uh, beat reporters' pieces on why it could work with just so much glee. <laughs> I'm trying to manifest that. Oh, my God. That's really the only, like, pe- like uh, you know, I-, I don't really want 48 to start instead of, let's say, IQ, uh, you know, alongside Brunson. But, like, if he's here or whatever, I just – as long as Randall is gone, I'll be happy. Like, that could be the offseason for me. I just want him out of here. Um, yeah, no, I agree. And I think they will move him if they can get the value they want. Um, 
I like this spin on the uh, Gobert trade of this. Maybe we can get like something good for Randall. Even I, 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 don't, even think, I don't even think it's not, you'll get something good, but I do think because you're like if you're a team that had this idea of like, well, we can get, you know, oh, we can buy low on like fucking John Collins or something, right? Right. Like maybe you can't buy low on John Collins now because Atlanta saw this deal go on. They're like, well, fuck that. Like, so we want- I, I don't, you know, I haven't been following like the Go Bear trade market at all. But do you, so you think this price was inflated by competition for him and not just? I like- I know for sure Toronto was in for him also, and I okay. I can say this now because the deal didn't happen. I know that they had a standing offer of at least Gary Trent Jr. and OG Ananobi on the day before. Like I know that, so I don't know. I mean, I'm assuming if this is what Minnesota paid for him, that there clearly was more to it than this. Those two. But by the Woj tweet that I don't know if you saw, he was like, "All right, now they're going to build around Mitchell." Or they yeah, I believe that. that for the next no, 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 I believe that. Um, no. I I think that was always the plan. Like okay. they, cause they're hosting the All Star game next year. Like we know that teams that host the All Star game want to have an All Star there. They're not going to. How important Mitchell. it is to players around the league like Carmelo Anthony. <laughs> um, I knew you were going <laughs> to. <laughs> I don't even have a joke. I just had to like remind the people of how stupid that was. You just know uh, you just joke. needed to shit on Carmelo Anthony. Yeah, this is it's only like one tenth of my quota for this appearance. So buckle up, mellow lovers. Get your get your tear buckets out. No, I, I can't get my knee to Brian yet because I want to I want to play in this playoff game. <laughs> Mello, we're we're twelve and thirty eight. Yeah, no, no, I just got to get there. Mello, you have multiple years left on your contract. <laughs> yeah, I know, but I just want to see. <laughs> you know, this is important to me. Why? Well, we're giving you twenty five million a year. No, nah, just just. You know you yeah, play this... here every night, right? Yeah, but the All Star Game, it's cool. <laughs> it's a, I'm a but, baby. But I mean, even I just think it's wild. Like people were shitting on the Knicks for the Brunson thing, and it's like, I mean, I would rather do the Brunson contract than trade to unprotected first for Dejounte, give them an unprotected pick swap, and then also give them a, another protected first. Like I understand. Like the weirdest narrative I saw was from Stefan Bundy. Um, was like after Atlanta made that trade, he was like, oh, well, Leon Rose has amassed all these picks and he didn't get DeJounte Murray. Like, this is a failure. Like, why? Like, just because you have picks, that doesn't mean the way to use them is to immediately start tossing them in trades for, like, if you know that you're getting Jalen Brunson, you don't just immediately, like, try and outbid teams for a player that you don't think is worth whatever the fucking the price is. And Don't you I, want someone who's a better shooter playing off of Jalen Brunson in the backcourt anyway? Like, he, he's so good at getting to the rim. I, I don't know. I mean, like, Murray shot, thir- what was it, 32% from downtown the past two seasons? Yeah, he's not that great a shooter. I mean, Tyrese had a I know huge... there's more to the game than that, but, like, you know, so much of Brunson's value is getting to the rim. Uh, and obviously he finishes, but <laughs> if he does it, he could potentially – Pass to a backcourt partner who could knock down a shot. I don't know. Um, yeah, no, I agree, and I just I never understood why people thought that was a good fit, or why it would be a good stupid, fit. They don't know ball like us. Yeah, they're not they're not ball knowers, balls knowers. Learn maybe. the game, fucking bozos. Ho- hoopers, real hoopers. No, um, no, it's just like there was. It's it's. Like, I just, I, I don't understand the idea of the Knicks need to do, like, now, I, I was just listening to Zach Lowe and Kevin Pelton, who come, came up with 
the greatest metric of all time, which I'm sure you'll agree with, championships added. Um, <laughs> it's my favorite. Yeah, it's the it's best. so much more important than actual championships. Right. It's, it's actually not about how many real championships you've won. It's about how many theoretical championships you've added. Um, but, like, they were talking about, oh, well, I, I like that. They, they talked, like, oh, I like the Bronson contract. It's not outrageous. Like, he's a good player. It's fair value, blah, 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 blah. And then they were like, what my real question is, like, where do the Knicks go from here? Like, they have to do more. More has to be done to upgrade the roster. And I'm like, I agree more has to be done to upgrade the roster, like, for sure. But, I mean, is it just me or is it okay if the Knicks aren't, like, immediately trying to assemble massive amounts of talent to make a push in the Eastern Conference? Of course it is. And isn't where do we go from here the question for every single team at every moment? Like, you don't just sit on your ass. Oh. We're done. We, like, got a team. We're never going to do anything again. Like, yeah, you should like, always be thinking about what comes next. Yeah, You're never uh, to ask yourself. An important question to ask yourself is always, who am I and where am I going? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> you, yeah, it's the – for years, for years – I would look at your Twitter bio and you'd be like, stay woke on NBA media bias. And I'd be like, shut up. Who cares? Like, just enjoy the game, blah, blah, blah. But it's gotten so bad, the, like just NBA coverage in general. I don't know that I've ever seen so many reports like immediately. Things ever reported is just like, this is what happened or this is what's happening. And then an hour later or a day later, it's like, no, that's not true. Uh, that never happened. I, there's like I've never seen so much of that. I don't know if I'm just noticing it more, but I feel like we have reached a sort of like tipping point with uh, NBA reporting, where it's just like complete garbage. Like I guess it's the access journalism of it all, where it's all just people carrying water for different teams and agencies, and none of it's actual truth, even if it's you know because like you never know who the actual sources are, which is fine. Got to protect democracy. Right. Um, but, <laughs> is that is that what we're doing in America? <laughs> yeah. You know, our fourth estate has been so valuable thus far. Um, no, but you know, like uh, you never really know what any kind of truth is, I, and I just feel like um, I don't know. What is my point? My point is that I, I think I'm fully on board with you in that. Like, it's just like diseased how the sport is covered, uh, especially the Knicks, and it's all agenda, and it's a goddamn shame. In closing, <laughs> this this committee well, owes my client this this committee owes my client an apology, Senator. <laughs> We're just going to get all of the mob references out here. Um, no, like I, I just like I don't understand why everything the Knicks needs to be like. Well, how does this help them win a championship? Like, right. can it's we disingenuous? Yeah, thank you for bringing it back home. I was like, what the fuck was I talking about? Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it, it it just makes no sense. Like, yeah, the, what do they do now? Great question. Like, why don't you think about that and talk about it instead of being like, what on earth could possibly come next? <laughs> I don't know. You're paid to tell me. Like, look it up. Figure well, out like, a few examples. Well, it's it's like, not this hard is, to find. This is why you have picks, right? Because like the currency in a trade market, right? If 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 we're saying now that the free agent market is dead. And so you have to acquire – if you're acquiring players, there's basically now two avenues to acquire difference-making players, right? It is the draft and then the trade market. Then picks are your currency and contracts are simply the kind of medium to make these moves happen, to provide liquidity to the market, we can call it. 
But, like, the picks are the premium you're paying to make that shit happen. And, like, my point to this is teams improve all the time after they're capped out. This is, like, a normal thing throughout the history of the NBA. This is not now. This is not some current, modern, like, oh, wow, can't believe that happened. Like, no, no. Like, players have moved via trade constantly all the time. Actually, I would bet if you look at the history of the NBA, more stars, superstars, have been moved in trades than they ever have moved in an unrestricted free agency. Like the LeBron 2010 summers, the the KD, Kyrie, Kawhi, Jimmy Butler 2019 summers. Those are the freak once in a decade type of things that happen. You know, like we might get one in 2025 or something like that, according to Jeremy, who has no life but to uh, plan out what the Knicks cap sheet should look like fucking 78 years from now um, to prepare for this. But like, like, in the interim time, what like you just want them to tank? Like I don't, I don't really get that. And if you're not suggesting that, then I don't know why. Well, they'll be capped out for a while. Okay, so as long as if you don't think all of the contracts in their book are fucked up, then it shouldn't really matter if they're capped out. It only matters if every single contract sucks. Right? It's just like, like a debate team to these nerds. It's just like how do we shit on the Knicks? That, that's all it is. Like, oh, that's take, like, you know, they haven't had a point guard for a thousand years. They sign one by what every metric says is uh, a fair value. And it's like, ah, what comes next? Like you said, and there's no thought put into it. And it's all just reactionary bullshit. It's the Ben Shapiroization of NBA journalism. Yeah. And, and okay, whatever. Let's, let's get, let's get into the contracts themselves. Um, Let's talk a little bit about Jalen Brunson. Jalen Brunson goes for four years. He comes apparently, allegedly, uh, four years, one hundred four million. I mean, what do you think? Like, is that a thing that you like, or are you like, why do we sign Jalen Brunson? <laughs> I love it. I love it. I mean, to me, like, we're getting him at the exact perfect time. This is the exact kind of bet that you want to make on a player who's going from like a lower usage to a higher usage. And like rarely when you're making a bet like that, do you actually get to see what that player would look like as in as high leverage situations as we did, like when he was so good in the playoffs without Luca and even in the regular season two, although that matters less to me because I'm all about those chips, baby. But um, yeah, I mean, like this is a guy who I think has shown that he's ready for a bigger role. The Knicks desperately need a point guard. I love it. Um I didn't know too much about him, like going into this season, uh, you know, and then obviously it's been whispered about for so long. So I've watched lots of film. I've uh, been in the film room, uh, you know, cutting up tape and uh, analyzing <laughs> deeply. And I think he's going to succeed. Uh, it seems like he's got the right mental makeup. Everything. I, I don't know. I'm I'm really happy about it. Yeah, I'm happy about it. I think like, I mean, it's not even just Bronson to me. So it's the fact that like. Look, we'll see if they trade Rose or not. But you get Brunson. Like, when is the last time the Knicks had this much ball handling? Like, they have Brunson, they got Rose, and they have Emmanuel Quickly on the roster. Those are three guys that, to varying degrees, are good at playing point guard. Like, we are the team that had Patrick Ewing take a team that had Derek Harper running point to the NBA Finals. Like, bless Derek Harper's heart. He was awesome, by the way. He probably would have won the Finals MVP if they'd won that series. But, like... Derek Harper was, you know, like a very solid point guard, and that's the best we've had since Clyde, probably. You know, like Marbury pre-Vaseline and then Vaseline eating and then Michael Ray Richardson before cocaine. Like, those are the three. Yeah, yeah. year one Felton. 
Yeah, year one Felton. Like these are the high. Oh, two weeks of Jeremy Lin. Like, like, yeah, Duhon. Like these are the like, and then you look at everything since we traded Felton, right? If you just look at the list, it's like Calderon, Derek Rose, Jared Jack, Ramon Sessions, Frank, Dennis Smith Jr., uh, fucking Alfred Payton, like Moutier. Who can forget Moutier? Like. These are arts, rest yeah. Of this is just like a nothing morass of of point guards, and I think what I like about what this front office has done, whether it's been good or bad or successful or not, each off season or at least each season they have made one criti- one or two critical or at least legitimate asset uses de- dedicated to point guard. Right, like the first season they take quickly at twenty five. And then they trade a second round pick and Dennis Jr., which whatever. But they go out and, and get Derrick Rose, right? Second year, it didn't work out, but they signed Kemba Walker, right? And they drafted Deuce McBride in the second round. We'll see if that ever pans out to something. But, like, they did invest some capital there. And they drafted Rokas, who is apparently doing great in Europe. Uh, this year, they go out and they really aggressively pursue what is the best point guard on the market. And they get him. And, yes, obviously the connections they have because basically we – he is related to everybody within our organization. That's another, I mean, that's another press bullshit thing though. Cause it, you know, it was like they hired Leon for all of these connections. We better fucking see them soon. And then when you see them, it's like, Oh, well, of course he had connections. Like it's yeah. worth it. Oh, right. and they just did it for Jalen Brunson. Like, okay. Like, is there some star that was on the market that Leon had connections to that we missed out on? You know what I mean? Like there's no star yeah, in the yeah. market like, if there's some star in the market that he has connections to, please inform me. Please let me know because I haven't seen it in the years that he's been in charge. And so if that's the case, then, like, how am I going to criticize him for, like, he can only do, he can only acquire players that become available. Okay? So the only stars, if I go for the only stars, literally the only stars in trade that have become available, and I'm talking about true superstar caliber players, the only superstar caliber players that have become available on the trade market since he took over were before this offseason, James Harden twice. And if you want to count Ben Simmons, which I don't want to, but if you want to count Ben Simmons, you can count it. But like, and, and then and now it's Kevin Durant. And that's it. Everything, like, unless you, or if you want to call Rudy Gobert, look, if you think we should have traded this package for Rudy Gobert, bless your heart, um, cool. But I don't. Uh, we'll see what, if Donovan Mitchell, I don't think he's going to be moved this offseason now. Um, but we'll see what like Durant goes for. Personally, I don't think the Knicks... I, they wouldn't even be able to acquire Grant because Brooklyn would never trade him to the New York. But like, I wouldn't be super excited about giving out the type of package that I think Brooklyn's going to get for him because I don't think we would have enough left over to compete, which is ultimately the point, right? Like, it's not just to get that guy. Um, so yeah, I can't kill Leon for that. And uh, yeah, like, I, I just think like they've this is the first front office. Like, look, we like Donnie Walsh was here, right? This guy hires Mike D'Antoni. Whatever you think about Mike D'Antoni, I'm not a huge fan. But his entire thing, his entire system is predicated on like having a star ball handler. That is the entire thing with Mike D'Antoni. This fucking guy hires him, and for three years, three like what does he do? He doesn't give him anything. He doesn't draft a point guard when he had opportunities to draft a point guard. He didn't move up famously for Stephen Curry, but he also didn't move up for Russell Westbrook, who they loved in that draft. And then in free agency, his first go around, what does he do? He gets him Ray Felton. Like that's that's our starting. That's that was our big point guard play. You know what I mean? Like, like this front office has made it a point that look they haven't been able to land a fucking 
you know, like a, a true elite star ball handling young guard yet. But they have gone out and like like I said, they've spent real capital at that position and they've made a push every offseason to upgrade it. And I think this year they landed a guy that they really believe can be part of the team long term. And I want to get to that because this leads into, I think, the rest of the signings, which were uh, so far, they bring back Mitch for years, 60 million. Again, we'll see what the top line figure is. Uh, I don't think it will be that. And then they also signed Isaiah Hartenstein uh, to two years, 16.7 million. Um, you know, look, I, we'll get into the center and kind of general front court logjam, but like the age of these guys is very promising. Like Brunson is 26, Hartenstein is 24. He's actually younger than Obi. And Mitch is 24. Like, and I know Mitch isn't really in addition to the team, but you're keeping it, right? But, like, this team has gotten younger progressively under this front office, and they've added talent that is younger. And I feel like, like, I don't know, like, if you're a Knicks fan, and I'm not saying you need to think everything they've done is great, because they fucked up, obviously. Like, we know this with the contracts they gave out last offseason. But, like, I, I really feel like they are actually working towards something and there is a vision and there is a plan. To be even, and, and even their fuck-ups, I would argue, were like, just the nature of this job is like, you have to guess at things all. Like, you've got to buy all these lotto tickets and like, you know that like some of them aren't going to work. It's not like they're like, oh man, how could Kemba not have worked? Like, we could have never believed that it didn't work. And yeah, it didn't. And it cost them second round picks, which means nothing. Um, but you know, they're not getting caught with their pants down with like some major move. Like, Oh shit, that blindsided us. Maybe Julius, I guess like being like a huge baby, but even that, you know, uh, free agency just started. Uh, we'll see if he's on the team this year. Um, like I, I would just, I can't even kill them for their fuck ups for the most part. Whatever their batting averages has to be well above league average. I would say. The action never ends at DraftKings Sportsbook, especially this summer. With tons of ways to bet on all your favorite sports, you can fuel your fandom and feel the heat of the season like never before. Plus, right now, DraftKings Sportsbook is giving new customers a risk-free bet up to $1,000. That's right. Make your first bet up to $1,000, and if it doesn't win, you'll get another shot to cash in. You can throw down on all the major action for baseball, golf, MMA, and more. Plus, with same-game parlays, spreads, money lines, over-unders, and props, your betting options feel endless. Best of all, DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. You can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TBPN, make your first deposit, and get a risk-free bet up to $1,000. That's promo code TBPN, only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Everybody fucks up. Every every GM screws Unavoidable. up. Yeah. It's it's literally the job. Like you're going to screw up. You're going to mess shit up. It is about can you address those errors? Can you fix them? Are you willing to fix them? Right? Because the other part of it is like burying your head in the sand and acting like everything is okay. And and blame or or being like, well, you know what, we're gonna fire the coach because the coach didn't get enough out of this roster and I think there was an argument to be made for that. But at the same time, even if I would argue that, I think it was obvious to everybody that there needed to be some major roster reconstruction here. And they have gone about doing part of it now. Like, you know, like I like where they, I like the three moves they've made so far, as far as the actual players. 
I want to talk a little bit about the Mitch contract because – like Ann Hartenstein, I guess, ties into this. Because my main concern with the roster at this point is not so much the backcourt because I, I just – I really – I don't know why because as much as I – everything I hated about Tom Thibodeau last year, so much of it centered around his usage of quickly. But like I really do buy that in year three, like he's going to make sure quickly plays more somehow. Like, I, I do think he likes quickly a lot, and I know that's hard for people to believe given whatever the fuck he did with them last year, but you got to understand, like, in Tibbs' brain, playing quickly as much as he did as a second-year player is basically, like, playing Wilt Chamberlain 48 minutes a game. You know, like, to Tibbs, that is, like, the highest compliment he could pay. Like, <laughs> I pay, I played him 22 minutes a night. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I hope you're right. I mean, I famously thought... You know, oh, Tibbs was grooming uh, IQ to replace Elf that first year. <laughs> yeah, <you laughs> that didn't materialize. So. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I really don't know what they think of him. But you're right. Like, the way he talks about him, you'd think he uh, values him extremely high. And yeah, it's not I- like he didn't play him. You know, he, he did play him a lot of the end of games and things like that. So, like, there are signs that he likes him, too. Uh, I just I, – I don't know. I, I, like, that's one thing I have. I have no idea what they really – Think of him as like a unit. Obviously, there's people who are up and down and quickly, but like when it really comes down to it, like what does Leon Rose think of quickly? I guess that's maybe my question. Yeah, I mean, I think, I mean, they did not, there was a lot of rumors that he was in, he was one of the issues with trading up. Like they didn't want to give quickly up. I don't know if it was, we won't give quickly up at all, or if it was like, if we give quickly up, we don't want to give these other things up. I'm not sure. You know, like it's not clear where any of those trade discussions at the draft broke down. Um, but, like, I do think they – look, they – it's. I know it's weird because they've invested a lot of time and money into upgrading at a position where it quickly probably hopes to play. But, like, I don't know if that shows that they don't believe in him long term as much as they might not think he's ready right this minute. I tend to disagree with that. I think if you put that on him, um, he would grow from it and he would in time at least – become ready for it, but that's fine. Whatever. I don't want to get too much into the quickly thing. But I did want to talk about Obi because Obi is a four. We know Julius is still here. We know that Mitch is back and now they've added another center to replace Nerlens Noel, Isaiah Hartenstein. He's a really good player. He's actually very different from the centers we do have as far as his playmaking ability, his touch from mid-range. Uh, he flashed some uh, positive shooting from the outside last year. I think he shot 14 of 30 on total threes last season. So not a huge sample, but still promising. Um, but like he's a different he's a different to what the centers we've had are. I'm assuming Jericho Sims will be made into a traditional contract and he'll be back. Like, don't you just feel like they're so to me they're like so close to really nailing this offseason. But with what they've done, I almost feel like it's even more important now for Julius to go than it was even coming in. Why is it more important now? Because <laughs> what is the path to OB getting more minutes? If you right. added yeah. like the center, like if you let Mitch walk, and then because you they have three centers, is what you're saying? Because they yeah, because yeah, there's no way that you're gonna now yeah. Tibbs okay. never has to even consider playing Randall to five, right? You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah. Strong agree. Strong agree. I just yeah. like I, my my wanting him gone was at like level 100 out of 100 already. So I was like, what's the changed? But you're right. <laughs> yeah, sure. That does make sense. <clears throat> Yeah, it's just like I, I don't know. I, I, I really worry about that because 
to I mean, me, they reported like, they're looking at trades for him, right? Like, they, I don't think they want to keep him around. I guess they just don't want to. It's like, what's the return going to be? That, that's yeah. my read on the situation. Like, they, they get it. They, they, would, they don't want him around, but they're not trying to lose assets over it. And I don't think it helps to telegraph that you're shopping him, which I know, like, I, I know that. How could it? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> other people saw last season. They've seen him hit that video coordinator's laptop out of his hands. No, but I mean, I think it's better. You know what? You're right. They should call all 29 teams. And <laughs> they should carefully canvas the market. They should fly an airplane over Sloan with like a banner that says, We're trying to trade Julius. <laughs> Julius uh, must move. Yeah, I, I do. But I just think they should like, put Julius in one of those little libraries. And just see who picks them up. You know, those little like, boxes on a stick that like put people put. Put him in a like, side glove. Yeah. <laughs> no, but like, I, I, yeah, I, I just think the the Julius stuff is. I I I find it very hard to believe that they wouldn't. You know, someone's going to take him. Someone he's going to be someone's depressing ass uh, plan B, and they're going to be like, all right, well, we need someone. And it's gonna uh, be very brave of you to mention Plan B in this country, um, but <laughs> uh, but like you know, I I think the the Julius it, like they they would move him. You know, it's it's about are you going to make a shitty move? That's the problem. Like you're not going to make a shitty move for Julius. Like it just it makes no sense with where the Knicks are. Yes, they have all these protected first, and they have all their own first, but like. You don't want to actually like. You don't want to be in a position where you are trading assets to get off of Julius's contract, unless it is for something. Up- yeah, yeah. Like unless you're upgrading uh, a position or like. So if you're basically paying the cost of like not just dumping Julius, but to also upgrade your roster, that's fine. I'm oh, very okay with that, right? But like, I'm not okay with we just want to dump Julius and get him off our books for expiring contracts or interior cap space. That means nothing to me. Did I see actual reporting that they were telling him that he was going to play a reduced role if he was around? Or was that just someone like guessing what they would do? I thought uh, I saw that was talking re- head mention it. Yeah, that was reported by Chris Persianen. I, I don't, I haven't seen anything from Begley or Berman on that. Um, but yeah, I mean that that is out oh, there. I don't that know if I child. No, I'm yes. just kidding. Shout to you, Chris. <laughs> but like, I don't know. Like, even if they do that, I just can't see him being like, "Okay, cool." You know what I mean? Like, well, he's yeah. definitely not. I mean, he wasn't cool being like the first option in sucking. He had to throw a temper tantrum doing that. So, yeah, I mean, I think I was actually listening to the mailbag, and he, Drew actually brought up a good point where he's like, "What is Drew?" I know, right? It was crazy. But he was like, his response to sucking was to try to do even more, right? It wasn't to, like, take a step back, recalibrate, be like, okay, let me figure out how to play off of RJ. Let me try to figure out how to play off of Fournier. Like, it was it was like, no, 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 let me get the ball and I'll figure it out even more than I'm figuring it out now. And it's like, that's the problem. Like, if, if that's how he responded, then we can't know. We, we cannot know how he's going to respond if he comes in a training camp and pitches like, look, we still believe in you. You're still my guy, but like we we were we're trying to we want to we want to use you more as a role man, right? Or we want to use you more as a dribble handoff guy on the perimeter, at the elbows, whatever it is, right? Like 
he, is he going to buy into that? You know, like, whereas we already know if you tell Obi, like, you don't even need to tell Obi that shit. Because Obi will just do it. He just goes in the court and runs around like a psycho and is constantly trying to, like, set screens and run dribble handoffs and keep the ball moving side to side. And it's like, you don't need to tell him that. So for me, with Julius, it's like, if you can just move off him at neutral value, I really don't think you should care if he bounces back somewhere else. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.